So step one is creating the profile that you think is awesome. I think step two is engage with content that you enjoy and people that you follow, like these big people with like big followings, start engaging with their content, dropping comments, start building these relationships. Because the more you do that, you're going to start seeing more on your feed. People with bigger followings will start recognizing you as one of their followers. So start giving that value, liking their stuff, writing comments, start conversations, and then you start building your network. Welcome into the Free Retiree Show, your go-to podcast for your finances and your career. I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm joined alongside my pal, interview coach and mentor, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? Welcome into a career advancement edition of our show. Today, we're going to be talking about how to deal with LinkedIn anxiety and how to maximize the benefits of LinkedIn. As we've talked before, if you've listened to our podcast, LinkedIn, although you might not like it, you may hate everything that's on it. It is the new resume. Serge, am I right? Am I wrong? You're right. If anyone's on Twitter, I feel like Twitter is a place where they just bash on LinkedIn all day. I've been noticing that. But, yeah. but to your point, yeah, it is. If you are in most the Silicon Valley and most industries, like it's your new resume. That's where recruiters are going to see who you are and what you're about. Yep. So is your LinkedIn updated? What is the content on your LinkedIn? What are you posting? All that stuff matters. I have recently in my own journey started to put content out on LinkedIn. I don't like it. I'm one of those people that hates everything about it. But as we've said before, and from some of our very smart and talented guests, the information they've given us that it is imperative that we all have an up-to-date and great looking LinkedIn profile. So Serge, give us some of your tips on what we can do to not just build a profile that works for us, but also deal with some of the anxiety and stress that some of us feel when it comes to posting LinkedIn content, like myself. I get very stressed out with that stuff and I don't like it. I think the first part is... Let's talk about the like maximizing benefits of LinkedIn, and then we can go into dealing with the anxiety to your point. But you talked about the importance of your profile, and I've talked about this on previous episodes, but your profile is the place that recruiters will go. I know recruiters that literally, they see a resume they like. The first thing they do, they go to LinkedIn, right? So when someone says, hey, I'm interested in this job, and then I go, I literally will be, I've interviewed people, I see who they are, I go to their LinkedIn profile, and then they don't have a picture. And that immediately triggers like a bias or something in my mind that's wait why well one why don't they have a picture two i guess they don't take linkedin seriously honestly yeah when you don't see the picture like what do you think about the person like what assumptions i mean and they're obviously not always true they could you have a great person that has that profile but what do you really think about that person it's probably a bad bias to have but my immediate reaction is just maybe they're not as in tune with the latest and greatest from a technology standpoint and if you're interviewing for a tech company if you don't have your LinkedIn pro, that's like basic, like networking 101. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a chef, right? Or if you're in a, an auto mechanic, that's different, right? But if you're like a engineer, a program manager, a project manager, a financial advisor, Lee, I think it, there's room for your space to really embrace social media. That To me, it's a problem. I don't know what your thoughts are there. No, I, I mean, I'm not someone that's used to using social media. 
Yeah. So I am someone that just got on Facebook maybe a few years ago and I hardly ever post on purposely been late to the game on all social media platforms. So I'm not someone that holds social media in this light where, oh, they don't have a profile. They're an irresponsible human being. But I get how people could feel that way. Yeah, I think maybe it's not negative or positive. It's just a I have a reaction inside when I see someone with no profile picture and nothing on there. Maybe they have a profile, but they just don't have anything. It's mm -hmm. like a something happens. There is a reaction. And I'm not saying it's you're not going to get a job because of it, but it doesn't help you. It does okay, not help enough. you. And recruiters are trying to see like your who you are, your brand. So that's the other piece of it is building out your profile, like really like in that about you section, put something that shows the people who you are, what you're about, make sure you have a picture, make sure you have a, like a tagline. And then in your experience, put all your highlights. Recently, I've been making sure I have recommendations from each company I've worked at. I'll ask somebody to, to give me a recommendation if I've worked with them. That's really important. There's a feature on LinkedIn where you can actually request somebody to write you a recommendation. If you go to my profile, you'll have somebody that I've worked with at each of my companies with a recommendation on what it was like to work with me. So those are the tactics of how to build out your profile. And then the other piece is like networking. We've talked a ton. And I think Lee, you're like a pretty good example of someone who went from zero to like thousands of followers now. Right. Yes. And the connections you've built because of LinkedIn, like yeah. podcast, pretty impressive in a two year span. It is pretty amazing because I didn't think that it would open that many doors, but it has opened a significant amount of doors, not just in the relationships that I have with people that I, it just, it wows me that some of the people that we know now is just like, they're in my phone book and that I can call them. And so that's been a really great blessing and LinkedIn has helped that. But it also is constantly giving me job opportunities. It is an endless fountain of job opportunities. None that I'm really taking seriously, but yeah, there might be a time when I do. So it has been a blessing. And for someone that is more introverted in nature and despises everything about social media, it's been one of those things that I forced myself to do and it's been the right decision. Yeah, for sure. So networking, you can't do enough of that on the platform. And I think I bring up Lee and I, and myself too, we've made a lot of progress. I think Lee, you've been consistently posting and you've been connecting with people. As you start thinking about how can I get the most out of LinkedIn, it literally is a platform of networking. There's people across the world who have these roles and titles and you can get leads, build your business. There's so many things you can do. So I think if you're serious about like growing your brand, LinkedIn is a platform that has the least competition right now, and it's not going to be this way forever. There's way more competition on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, much less competition on LinkedIn. I think it's like less than 3% of its users post consistently multiple mm -hmm. times a week. Yes. Very small percentage of people. So I say that it means like you have this opportunity to grow very quickly if you do it right. So th those are like the big buckets, right? It's like building who you are on LinkedIn, the profile, and then leveraging from a network standpoint. And then Lee, you touched on it too, is the jobs component. Mm -hmm. I've found the way I got my current job at LinkedIn was literally the job was recommended to me like through an algorithm, I think. And then a LinkedIn recruiter hit me up through their messaging system. I found my job at Amazon on LinkedIn. That the jobs tool on LinkedIn is a game changer. Like the jobs that are recommended to you are literally are usually spot on in my experience. So that that's the other component. So it's like 
building who you are on the brand, on the pro, on the platform, taking advantage of the jobs, and then really trying to network and figuring out how you can network. Lee, you touched on anxiety earlier. Yeah. Would love to hear more about what is it about social media that gives you anxiety? And then I'm going to go into what I'm seeing on LinkedIn and some of the we talked about the positives and now the flip side and how to deal with the negatives. Yeah. So for me, the negatives are giving people a window into my personal life. And this is something that I've noticed on social media is that people that do really well with the social media brand, they generally are able to give people a window into their life personally whether it be their children, their family, their hobbies. I don't post any of that. I post all pretty much educational content and I'm trying to work towards opening that window. It's actually been a very tough thing for me to do, but I'm hoping to eventually be able to open up a little bit in that regard. But I think not only that, showing the personal side is tough, but the image that people have on social media in terms of everything is fantastic, they're great, the amount of traction that people get. We've had Jonathan Javier on and Jerry Lee from One Salting. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys, they post anything. They get thousands, tens of thousands of of likes and interaction where I don't get anything close to that. It's almost <laughs> it's like crickets compared to what they get. Yep. So dealing with having a post that's that doesn't go anywhere. That's also something that I struggle with. Mm -hmm. And getting that, giving that image of what's going on in my personal life, that's another thing that I struggle with. So things that have held me back those, in yeah. that area. Yeah, those are two good points and two things that I was going to talk about. I think the first point is probably what impacts most people, right? It's that kind of, you're looking at other people and seeing how well they're doing, right? And that's actually detracting you from wanting to use the platform. Or you're seeing like, you know, let's say somebody gets promoted at Google or gets a new job at Facebook or is the top financial advisor in the world and gets all these comments and engagement, whatever. And that's just not a LinkedIn problem. That's like a general social media problem where we're just seeing the highlights. We're not seeing the a thousand cold calls that financial advisor did or the 17 times that person that got the job at Google who got rejected beforehand. I'm not posting when I get a new job. I'm not always posting about my failures beforehand, right? So we're getting this curated feed of people's best life, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, and right now we're talking about LinkedIn, but the same thing happens at LinkedIn. It's just another social media platform. It's all, it's just focused on career, but all we're seeing, it's literally just, it's a highlight reel of everyone's best, best work from a mindset standpoint. You have to have that in the back of your mind. Hey, this person's probably struggling with something. They're just telling me what's going great right now. So I think as a consumer of LinkedIn, you have to have that first, like the forefront of your mind. Okay. That's awesome. This person did well, but like we're all, no, nobody's perfect, right? Be happy for them and move on. For me, if I see someone do it, I'm happy for them. It's all good. And you just move on. Like it's not, nobody, it's not realistic to think everybody has a perfect life. So the mindset component is huge when you're using social media and specifically LinkedIn, because it's literally it's a lot of just like sunshine and rainbows. So that's one component is the mindset piece is understand that you're just seeing their best work and their highlights. The second part of it is really getting clear on who you follow and why. Because what I've found is if I follow a good group of people who give me a balance type content, that's both vulnerable to your point earlier, which you're working on that and trying to figure that out. You get that vulnerable content where they're actually sharing some struggles 
but then you're also seeing like the good and the bad. So for me, when I go into LinkedIn, it's not all perfection. I intentionally follow the right type of people that I want in my feed. So that's another tactic. Like you have to get really clear on who you follow and why. And I think a lot of the people we've interviewed on our show bring that vulnerable content in the content that's Absolutely. not always perfect. Like what's her name? The Brodo girl, Erica Rankin. She's always posting like she's crying about this or something happened there that didn't go well. And then she has a post where she succeeded. So you see this trajectory, which is yeah. pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah. It's that authenticity that a lot of people that are doing well on these platforms bring. But I would say that not all of us have to be influencers and post videos of us bawling our eyes out <laughs> because of whatever. I feel like our attorney, Matt McElroy, he would go viral if, if he put a crying video on his LinkedIn. <laughs> it would be fantastic. But my point, not everyone has to do that. But I think showing a little bit about who you are is important because it's really easy for all of us to get lost in the weeds with so much content out there. And one thing I've yeah. noticed is that the people that stand out on LinkedIn, they do give a little bit about who they are, right? It goes to the saying that we've said before, no one cares about what you do till they know who you are. So mm -hmm. I think it's vital to, if you are trying to make yourself stand out, you don't need to be totally raw the videos of yourself driving to work or yeah. talking about your lowest low. But I think, giving people a glimpse into what you like, who you are, I think increases your your visibility 10,000%. Yeah. You give people a chance to know who you are. And I think we've talked about this. My best performing post on LinkedIn was the one where I posted myself in a wheelchair right before I had that surgery two years ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was literally just, it was me in a wheelchair and it was, I talked about, Hey, I've been going through this issue appreciate all the support. And it was thousands of likes, thousands, hundreds of comments. And it made me think, I was like, okay, people really just wanted to see, they didn't want, they didn't really care about my three career tips. Over Maybe time, they did, but after they knew about the personal life of Sergio Patterson, they probably cared. I needed to give them that sooner, right? Mm -hmm. Like we need to be vulnerable sooner, not just to get more likes, but just to create the content that we all want to see anyways. We don't always want to see the perfect highlight reel. We want to see a balanced feed. And that's my opinion. I feel like when I go on LinkedIn, like I have a pretty good balance. And that's what I talked about, the curating and making sure your feed is like the people you follow are just good people. Like it's, it can't just be because that's your experience. Yeah. The LinkedIn, the algorithm is going to show you what you're engaging with. Like Lee, when you're liking or engaging with different people, like you're going to see, start seeing more of that because of the algorithm. So you guys as listeners, if you want to create the feed of on LinkedIn that you want, engage with posts that you want to continue seeing. So Serge, going to the people that are trying to get on LinkedIn and develop the sort of profile that increases their chances of landing job opportunities, what's the starting point? Like for, let's just say the kids that are coming out of school, where do they need to be? And let's just say a mid-career professional. They've had a couple jobs. They've been in the workforce for a while, but now they really want to start increasing their visibility and, and really curate some content that really gives them visibility and traction. The first thing is to create your profile, go on LinkedIn and figure out and find the profiles that you think stand out to you most. And oh. just duplicate it. Re don't reinvent the wheel. Make it your own, but there's templates out there. We, you talked about Jonathan Javier. His team puts out all kinds of free resources. 
So step one is creating the profile that you think is awesome. I think step two is engage with content that you enjoy and people that you follow, right? Like these big people with like big followings, start engaging with their content, dropping comments, start building these relationships. Because the more you do that, you're going to start seeing more on your feed. The people with bigger followings will start recognizing you as one of their followers, right? So start giving that value, liking their stuff writing comments, start conversations, and then you start building your network. Whether it's other students, I think you mentioned like college kids, get some of your friends to come on the platform, figure out who else is on the platform. Because I think it's early and I think specifically that college age, they're a little bit nervous because maybe they don't have the experience, but I think they can put a lot of initial groundwork in and like the networking and the, the content engagement piece mm. to be like a super fan of all these great people on LinkedIn. One other point I thought about was for the people that are coming out of school that have a lot of these college connections that are very strong, such a advantage. If you can get your friends to be into LinkedIn, like you are, have your tribe created. And I think that's one thing that I didn't do was I started my LinkedIn profile late. And a lot of the people I knew during college didn't really hop on that train. They use it to maybe get a job here and there, but yeah. They're not very active. I think that for this next generation, it's imperative for you not just to get a great LinkedIn, but create your tribe from your colleagues and fellow students. And so you guys can create something that uplifts one another and gets you all more visibility and traction because the algorithm will see that and prop you up and yep. give you better job opportunities. That's a good point. Yeah. I think there's opportunity for anybody who's trying to start something like they could be the leader for their group of people. I love that idea. So yeah, that's like for the early professional, I think someone that's farther along in their career, like similar to what you did, it's just start doing something. And even if we don't, you're not going to get traction, like start posting, like start engaging similar to the advice for the early career, but engaging with content, commenting, networking, literally just start finding people to connect with. You'd be surprised with how many people and they know and then that just keeps going and going. It is a job. It sometimes feels a job like trying to connect, but I think it it's worth it over time because your network, you always say is your network is your net worth. And as I get older, I, I, I hate the saying, but it's true. Yeah. It's really true. Like it opens so many doors, man. There's all these connections we're building through the podcast. And I feel like to your point, I could just, I could hit any of these people up and if I needed something and whether it's work or whatever. But yeah, I think like LinkedIn, you're missing the, this huge opportunity from a, just a basic network standpoint, uh, especially if you're in your middle of your career, because you never know when you're going to get laid off or when you're going to need a job and that when that connection is going to be valuable. Yeah, I love that. The activity that you need to have. Mm. Let's just say you're looking for a job. What's the sort of activity you need to have versus you have an established job. You're really not looking. What sort of activity should you be doing in that situation? So if you're, if you don't have a job, you should be, whether it's LinkedIn or the other job boards, like LinkedIn specifically, like you should be on LinkedIn daily, specifically like making sure your profile is like on point. Like if I went to your profile, I'd be like, oh shoot, that's a nice profile. So like you have a good headline, you have a nice profile picture. The about me section is all done up. Your work experience is clear. It's ready to go. You have people who have endorsed you for skills, people who have recommended you. All these things add up. So if I'm a recruiter at XYZ company, I go to your profile and I see, oh, you got recommended by this person. Oh, I know that person. 
okay, that means Serge is some, he's someone that I want to work with. Right. So that's, we talked about it earlier, but that's one activity you need to just get down outside of the platform. You need to make sure your resume is ready to go. If mm-hmm. you're looking for a job and by ready to go, I just mean like either you, you paid someone to do it for you or you had it, you did it yourself. Um, three is the job search component on LinkedIn. Get really good. If we just go on LinkedIn now, I'm like the algorithm's so dialed up for me that like the jobs that are recommended for me are always spot on because I'm always using the tool. Like if I go right now, like there's this recommended for you, like it just get really good. My point is get really good at using the jobs search tool on LinkedIn, right? Tactically, you can create filters and search alerts. I had one for senior program manager roles and I would get alerted anytime specific companies had new roles pop up. Wow. So there's filters and there's search alerts you can put on the same way you do for like Redfin, the home, three bedroom, two bath in San Francisco or whatever. Yeah. You could do financial advisor, Bay Area, making X amount of dollars for this company. And anytime those companies have a new role, I'm going to get an alert on my phone. I'll get a notification when I log into LinkedIn. So that's powerful. Practically get really good at using the tool. And then when you see these roles pop up in the job search feature, what do you do? What's your action? I usually like to just go and see, I'll read the job description. I'll see what the minimum criteria is. I'll see how I match. I'll look at the preferred criteria. I'll see how I match just to know. It's important to like always know where you're at. And then you can also see sometimes on these jobs, who, which of your connections work at these companies. And then I take a step further where I actually like have a Google spreadsheet with people I know at all these companies. Oh, that's nice. That's tactical. I love that. Yeah. So I have, you a are a sharp cookie. Well, yeah. I mean, I've had these, I've had, I've jumped around all these companies. I've been laid off. So it's like, you have to be, you have to treat it like a project. Otherwise you're going to be scrambling and. You know, for me, it's that I can't be scrambling. Like I have to have my shit together. So I would push everybody to do this. It's not difficult. It takes five minutes to, to create a Google sheet. Then you can start building out a network of a, a sheet of who you know at these companies. But yeah, like use that tool, create a Google sheet of who you know, what company, the role. And then if you want to go a step further, you could start hitting people up via either the messaging system or through an email. So you can search for people who work at these companies and I've done this and they've ghosted me many times. I messaged someone a long time ago and they never responded. I'm still mad about it. But anyways, <laughs> that might happen to you too, but it, it the worst case, that's the worst case. They don't respond. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, What's How many messages would you say you, you, these are thoughtful messages, knowing you, you're not just putting out copy paste messages. These yeah. Are these are like very targeted. I know the roles of fit. I find, well, th- So if we want to get tactical, I usually would start with something interesting I found on their profile in the message. Like at the top, hey, I thought it was interesting you worked at the Peace Corps back 10 years ago, wherever. And then I say, hey, I found this role. I think I'm a very strong fit. Um, Here's the link to it. I'd love just to spend 15 minutes, get 15 minutes of your time to learn more about your experience at the company. I'm not asking for really anything other than their time to better understand the company. Like I'm not asking for a referral yet. A lot of people just randomly message me for a referral, like for me to refer them to LinkedIn without me knowing them at all. That typically doesn't work. So that's something I do. You know, the cold, like cold messaging, I think is still valuable, especially if you don't have a job. And if you have a job, we talked about this on another episode, but do all these things too. look for jobs, connect, build your network. Cause you never know when you're going to need a job. 
Absolutely. If you are the person that's looking for the job, I'll just throw this out there. Don't put a template or generic message together and copy and paste it and just add John Smith's name in there. Don't do that. Yeah. It is so obvious. Yes. And there is no quicker way to getting blocked. It, I get these all the time. Dude. I, I get them on the daily and you don't even read it. You just delete. You can see it. Like you can see it within two seconds. So I know your intentions are good. And I know you want to cut corners when it comes to this whole job search, but don't do that. If you're reaching out to someone like Sergio or the hiring manager, show that you put your work in, that you know who they are. Like, it, yes, it's going to take you more time. And yes, you could have sent out a hundred copy paste messages, but that one very thoughtful message is worth a hundred times all your copy paste messages quality over quantity i don't send a lot of these messages i send very few absolutely but they're targeted absolutely and then the i get a lot of investment companies that want to meet with me and i generally ignore all of them because it happens on the daily and the ones that i've given time they showed that they put the time into me they knew my history uh, some of them even listen to the podcast and say, okay, well, you oh, listen to the podcast, cool. now I gotta, now I gotta talk to you. But <laughs> at least I give them the time because they showed me the respect of showing that I was valued. So I think understand these people that you're reaching out to, you need to treat them valuably, even though you don't know them yet. And how you do that is by knowing who they are and putting yeah. that in your message that you, you know who they are, you know what they do, um, being able to show that you put the time in. Yeah, I got. It's funny you messaged. I'm looking at a message I got on LinkedIn right now. It says, our client is conducting a research study in the philanthropy software space. We're looking for some people who are familiar. And based off your background, you'd be great. <laughs> I have no experience in philanthropy software. Mm-hmm. Nothing on my profile would say that I do. I'm not going to call this guy out, but I'm not responding to you. <laughs> I will never respond to this. Please point. <laughs> Look at their profile, like actually give a targeted message. Then the last thing, the only other thing is sometimes it's good if you're getting the social anxiety, social media anxiety, sometimes it's good to take a break. I know we just talked about how to maximize and use it all, but sometimes it's good to get off of Twitter, get off of LinkedIn for a certain amount of time and then go back on. If you need that break, if it's really impacting your mental health, take a break from social media. That's helped me. I sometimes will take breaks if it's getting too crazy because that does happen. That's the other like tactical thing someone can do if they are having this social media anxiety after they're doing everything else we talked about. But I think it's sometimes good to take a break, like minimize the amount of time you're spending. Like if it's hours, like maybe cut back a little bit. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, these are fantastic tips. Thank you so much, man. You've really helped me in my journey because you were the one that basically pushed to get me on the LinkedIn platform. Now you're beating me, dude. I know. And I fought it for so long, but I shouldn't have. I should have embraced it. And uh, it's put me in a better place in my career. And it's opened the doors to all kinds of really fantastic people. There's a lot of great people that you can meet on the platform when you're intentional and you put the effort into it. You meet great people. There's so many good people that you can meet on this platform. And it's, I'm just blessed that I went against my natural habits and said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this a chance and I'm gonna try to use this platform to the best of my ability. For sure. Happy to hear that. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We always appreciate you tuning into our show. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now.
securities offered through Securities America Incorporated. Member FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook, Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and Company.